and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 41. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. This week we'll be talking about the 2016 horror film Bedeviled. As we mentioned uh, last week, we picked this for ourselves. We did. We're tired of the roulette serving up hot plates of shit. And and also I hadn't updated it in a really long time. We saw the thumbnail uh, scrolling through Netflix a lot and it looked real spooky. So we decided let's take a chance on it. It did. It had like very bright colors and it had a spooky guy. And the summary looked like stuff that we've been interested in before with like technology kind of horror. Um, and this has to do with like kind of an AI, like a Siri like esque uh, thing. So I was I was very intrigued by that, and we decided to forgo it for our first movie of the year. And I think it was a, a good choice. This this didn't suck. I yeah I have yeah I have mixed feelings on it. It's not great. It's, it didn't suck. Yeah, it's not the worst thing, and it's uh, not the best. <laughs> I'm I'm starting out that way because uh, all the reviews that I look at eviscerated this movie people seem to hate it yeah and that makes sense to me if you are only a like you know watcher of good horror if you if you are a horror reviewer and you have made sure to only see like the real good stuff then yeah you had high hopes for this and it dashed them then sure but oh my god is it better than a lot of the other crock out there like it really you know, there are parts of this that feel, you know, really good and scary. It scared me from the beginning, actually. Yeah, I think it's it's got it's got its spooks. It's definitely got its flaws, and I'm sure we'll talk plenty about them. Mm-hmm. Viewers, if it's one you want to watch, it's not a terrible way to spend an hour and a half, but it's it's not excellent. There's better. Yeah. On Netflix. So let's get into it. It was written and directed by the Vang brothers, Abel and Burley, mm-hmm. who are Hmong American. Uh filmmakers who actually got a fellowship in screenwriting from the academy as in the academy awards for their previous film which was much more serious and about international relations with the cia Mm -hmm. uh but this was their follow-up after getting the nickel fellowship second right as a as a brothership it's their second english language movie for sure Mm -hmm. i think it's their second feature film i know when i looked on imdb there was also something that one of the brothers worked on alone not as so I was I thought maybe this was their second like Vang Brothers film. Regardless, it's definitely their first horror film. Mm-hmm. Um and it shows. Yeah. Uh, as as you alluded to earlier, uh the gist here, and we'll walk through the plot because I think it, it has its twists and turns. It's about uh, a killer app. <laughs> yeah. It's about a personal assistant app like Like Siri. Or Google Home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it... Google Assistant, but yes. Has <laughs> control over other things, like your washing machine and your lights, and it'll help you with your math. But and... in a way, like, of course, not established. It, it is like smart house horror, where it's like, oh, you, ga- you gave it permission to do these things. Noted just... horror film Smart House. You know what I mean? Sure. I we, smart House has become a reference point, I think, for a lot of people in this day and age. This isn't like a smart house thing. It's like where you gave you gave the AI permission to do that, and then the AI abuses it. Like Mr. Bedeviled, which is his name, Mr. Bedevil. Bedevil. Mr. Bedevil is his name, and he sort of just takes he just takes those things. He has control over your lights, but you didn't give him permission to do that. He just does it. Correct. And like that part of it, I'll say up front, I think 
sets the sets the tone for this whole movie, which is that like detail is not important. Mr. We don't need to have we don't need to have reasons that Mr. Bedevil is able to do the things he does. He can just do it. And I think that's like an important thing to recognize in like a movie like The Den, which we watched earlier, was very specific about its technology that yes. like it was everything that happened in that movie could happen in reality the way that Google does control email and YouTube and like I hear what you're saying. Like I want to cut you off because I don't want to fault this movie for being a supernatural horror movie, that's which not, it is. That's not what I mean though. I mean more that like there's no there's very little setup of like this is a realistic app. That's really fair. It's immediately like a, an insane monster app. Like I think that's what I'm getting at. And that's more, more in the script being kind of not the best, right? That's what I'm saying the, la- like... the lack of detail. And I will I'll get into that later about like what specifically I would have preferred and what would have made this a little bit the, what what details could have fleshed this out for me. Well, the opening of the film, uh, we've got and I'll I'll talk about this a lot. Dutch angles right out the gate. <laughs> so many of them. <laughs> uh, we've got a girl wandering around the house. She gets spooked. There's some shadows. She gets scared and then she dies. Mm-hmm. We can revisit that if you want to. But yeah. a girl named Nikki dies in the opening scene. Yep. Uh, and this movie is all about her friends. Exactly. Her group of friends who've been left behind and the way that they deal with, you know, what happened to her. Yes. And specifically our, our lead final girl. Uh, named Alice, who mm-hmm. is a, a good friend of, of Nikki's. And a dead ringer for a blonde Lindsay Lohan. She does. It was <laughs> She looks so much like young Lindsay Lohan. It was like, I couldn't get over it. Was it was kind of distracting. It was extremely distracting. Regardless, uh, do you want to run through their friends real quick? Yeah. So... They're very wooden, so they don't really have personalities. Uh, two of them don't have personalities. And actually, they actually do have personalities. They're just bad personalities. Um, so Nikki is the girl who dies. Alice is her best friend. Cody is Nikki's boyfriend. Former. For, yes. Her, her you know, surviving boyfriend. Widower. Um, yeah, <laughs> widower. Uh, they're all in Haley, high school, by the way. We should mention they're, that. Yeah, they're in high school. We don't really know what year, but they don't really seem to appear to go to school very much. They also um, all look like they're in their mid-20s, because I'm sure the actors were. The girl who plays Alice is actually not. She is 18. I looked it up, because I was like, I can't tell how old you are. And then I was like, oh, she's actually a teenager. Um, but so we've got, yeah, Nikki, Alice, Cody... Haley is the other girl. The um, other girl. Yeah, there's th- there are three girls and three boys, like all like all high school friend groups. She likes to act. She is an actress. Uh, Gavin is Alice's boyfriend. He hates clowns. We'll get into all the things that scare them. No, but sure, I don't think there's more personality to him. He's like Gavin. Yeah, they they're all they're all something, right? And like Gavin is like the good jock. He's the like. He's the monogamous jock, and then Dan is the Dan's, slutty jock. He's not a jock. <laughs> yes, he is. They're on the locker room together, aren't they? I guess. He's Fine, not a jock. Dan's just the slut. So, yeah, it's the six of them a nice little gender balanced high school, horny teens, etc. You know the drill. Uh, they don't all seem to love each other that much. They're very bickery. Yeah. <laughs> There's this, that scene right up front where they, like, post-funeral go out to eat together. Yeah. And they're all talking about, like, oh, Nikki, like, we loved her. And Alice is like, yeah, I knew Nikki the longest out of all of you, so I'm clearly the most upset. And I was like, okay, Alice, relax. Like, it's that level of, like, weird. And Haley has clear issues with, like, she was always the one out and Cody's mourning and Gavin just wants his girlfriend back, but she's sad 
Dan just wants to fuck, you know, the classic high school dichotomy. It really doesn't set us up to like any of these characters, aside from Cody, in a minute. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, like, again... And I actually, I think I would like Alice, but her, she... Her acting is not the worst, but she has the most annoying voice, in my opinion. Because she has the most unbelievable vocal fry that I don't know if the actress actually has or if she was just trying to imitate how teens talk. But she literally talks like this. And she's like, how on earth am I going to, like, escape this app? And I'm like, what are you doing? It's actually, like, it distracted me a lot from the movie. In a way that I don't think she's a bad actress, but that, she, that her, the voice was so distracting. So let's get into the app. Uh, the day after Nikki's funeral, mm-hmm. uh, Alice, and all of them, but we're, Alice is sort of our we're point of view. We're following Alice, yeah. Uh, gets an invitation for an app from Nikki's phone. Um, just, you know, as a push notification, like, download this app. Yeah, from Nikki's phone. Nikki uh, sent you an invitation to open this app. She goes and talks to her friends. They're all like, oh, yeah, that's weird, isn't it? I don't know. It must have been an automatic notification from... And Cody's thing is that he is, like, very into tech. Well, he's specifically, like, he's he likes to be off the grid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't like these, like, AI, phone AIs, and he's, like, he's very specific. He, ha- talk, he talks a lot about firmware and software. He's got a lot of, like, opinions about those things. This he's, script is pretty bad. He's the nerd. This is the point at which the script was, like... I don't usually like to download apps like that because they download, they steal our personal data. Yeah. And it was like... <laughs> I wonder what this movie's trying to tell me. Exactly. Uh, but she ends up accepting the app and we already told you what it does. It's Mr. Bedevilant. He helps you by turning off the lights and then he won't turn the lights on again and he likes to spook you. He does, um, like, he specifically, like, right away does a very scary thing. He likes to, like, mess with you and that's part of, like, he doesn't, he doesn't do that as, like, a, like... And then, and then they know he's evil. Like, he specifically, like, pranks you. He tells her to hold up the phone and look around the room through the camera. And then... There's a jump uh, scare. There's a jump scare where you see in the phone camera something's in the window, but it's not in real life. Which I actually, like, the second that happened, I literally was like, I want an app that does that. I want an app that, like, scares me through my camera and, like, makes a little ghost pop up. That would be so much fun. You're such a masochist. But... <laughs> Because I think that it's so weird that she goes to her friends and is like, it really happened. And I'm like, no, it didn't. It was literally in your phone camera. That's conceivably a thing an app could do. But anyway. I do want to pause you real quick. because He does those things. I do want to talk about Mr. Bedevil's MO sort of separately because I'm really interested in it. I think it deserves its own topic, sort of aside from the plot. Uh, But trust me, I want to dig in. All right. Um, The sort of background of this, I don't really know the chronology, is that the teacher in their class is talking about dying from fright Mm -hmm. and how what fear does to you and how it's like an orgasm it was a very Uh, weird class it felt a little bit like the start of a porno a little little bit bit, yeah um because then they're texting about how hot he is and i was like oh where is this going but you know it's just like it's it's as as you said it's just trying to like spook you a little bit it's not immediately evil i mean the app yeah yeah because the way that Mr. I mean, Bedevil, like, talks it, about himself is that he's, like, I'm literally an assistant. Like, we're, I'm, I'm here to, like, g- give you fun, you know? Like, and just, and talk to you like we're friends. And, like, we're, go- like, I'm here just to essentially be, like, your friend. The way you put it, just, like, here to give you fun makes it sound like this is 
the game, like David Fincher's The Game, in a way that it's like it's going to spice up your life. That's kind of what it does cuz like there's there's a really I mean the no, first it time kills you. Well, but you don't know that that's not what we're talking about now. I know, but in like, this moment, Mr. Bedevil like But he, I don't think he sells himself that way specifically. I think that he sells himself as being better. He doesn't have to sell himself, right? He's just there and right, then suddenly right, he's right, always right. on. I think he explains himself as being more than a normal AI because like remember how um well, yeah, he could turn on the washing machine. No, 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 not just that. But, like, Dan and Gavin are talking at some point, and they're showing each other, like, stuff about this app. And Dan says something like, he asks it a crude... Qu- he, oh, he asks it the, the plot of a, a porno. Yes. He's like, what happens in this in this porn? And Mr. Bedevil's like, uh, this so-and-so takes 12 cocks. And, like, the fact that that's how he talks to you is supposed to be, like, a draw, right? That, like... He's not like Siri, who is only going to give you like factual and information like from Google. Like Mr. Bedevil is cool, and he right. talks to you like he's your friend, and he and he plays pranks on you, and and you guys are like, he gets to know you in a way that is like fun and intimate and friendly, more so than a normal AI, right? Yeah, you go on like this for a while where it just keeps like jump scaring them. Um... Alice and Gavin start having like rashes, or, like small rashes that look like the app's logo, mm-hmm. which, which is, is kind like of a circle with a little um, chevron. Down... Yeah, a little chevron. It look to me it almost looks like a face with an angry eyebrows. That's like how you would draw like an yeah. emoji with angry eyebrows. But it also just looks like it could, it could be any logo. Like it's very nondescript. But we've seen that it's the like the Phone devil logo. app. Yeah. Logo. But it shows up on their skin. And we sort of start to get the idea, right, that, like, this thing is targeting their specific fears. Yes. Because we know that Alice is afraid of her grandmother. Mm-hmm. And it shows that we see her grandmother and there's a whole hide-and-seek bit. We know from an earlier scene with the, all the boys that Gavin is scared of clowns. And then there's, like, a whole a little clown stalking in scene the in the room. locker room. It plays out, like, exactly how you'd expect. Like, this yeah. group of teens, like, they all start getting kind of stalked. And then um, Haley and, then, and, and Dan are involved, and they talk about their worst fears, and those start showing up for them. It's like a teddy bear, and then this like picture of a woman in his in Dan's house. With uh, one pretty notable difference, which is the the left turn it takes with Cody. Yes, Cody is the most interesting. Like bar none, he is the most interesting person in this movie by far. Both just like his character, and also because of like what how the fear manifests uh, with him. So I think the, the, the first scene of him one-on-one being scared, or not one-on-one, but by himself, yeah. uh, is that he gets on a bus. We also we haven't mentioned that he's black. He is black. Um, he gets on a bus and the racist old lady like sort of clutches her purse. Yeah, she just moves her bag off the chair in a very like... Targeted mi- way. Microaggression kind of way. In a way that's very like... Also like... I was pretty shocked when this started happening. I was like, "This, this is we're going to get into this a different kind of movie." It was surprising because then, of course, we see it on Cody's face, and I thought that was going to be. I honestly thought that was going to be it. I thought it was like, "Oh, interesting." We're just we're seeing his after his effects, right? Um, but then he goes and he starts whistling uh, Chopin. Chopin, and she visibly like kind of perks up and is like, "Oh, Chopin!" And then he like he says the song and he goes over to her and he's like. You're racist. Yeah. He says it to her. What what's what's the word he call he doesn't say racist, he says oh negrophobia. Yeah. He's like, You have negrophobia. Uh that's why you're scared of me, but I want to tell you something. I'm scared of you. 
I'm scared of like white ladies with their with their pepper spray yeah. and cops with their guns. And she sort of like then gets ruffled by him and like leaves. Um, like gets off the bus. Yeah. Gets off the bus. But like it was, I, I was so struck. I was like, I didn't know that this movie was going to take this path. And then there's a very in my opinion, like, very well-done sequence of him. Oh, it's a great series of shots, yeah. He's walking... In an underpass. In an underpass, which is just the worst place to be ever at nighttime. And there's a woman in front of him, and she's sort of like, you know, she's in a business suit, she's kind of marching, and then um, she gets... She goes starts going up the steps that lead you out of the underpass, and she stops... On, like, a middle step. On a middle step, so all you can see is below her shoulders. Mm-hmm. And then you you see that she, uh, she puts her hands down, and there's suddenly the, like long kind of tentacle claws of the monster that we've seen before. Yeah, we Mr. Bedevil, a lot of these jump scares we barely see. I ended up pausing it a lot just to get a better look at him. <laughs> um Yeah, they're flashes, but he's, we he's should, a very slender man. We should describe it because it's what got us to look at this movie in yes, the first place. Yes. He has like a um sort of exaggerated human head. It's like kind of like a dummy in the way that it's like the eyes are big like and really square. The eyes are big and bulbous. They yeah. come out a lot. They're like yellow often or red. Yes. They're very like a uh, strange color. He's got an exaggerated smile. Like, big smile. Like too wide for a human face yeah, yeah. smile. Ear, ear to ear. Uh, a big red bow tie. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, I would actually suggest uh, everyone listening should just go Google. Yeah. Bedeviled or Mr. Bedevil. Mr. Bedeviled, yeah. Uh, because it's worth looking at because it's, it's pretty spooky. It's spooky. And again, like we see him, the first time we ever see him is when we see him with Nikki and we see him like he's bent over and he... Like, you know, rolls up to his full height. Like I said, very, very slender man. That's my first vibe of him that I got. And his fingers, they're not just... Ten- like, the hands just aren't just tentacles. They have five fingers. Yeah. But they look... They're very long and, like, bulbous. Uh, and they look a little bit like tentacles. Again, the, the character design... Um, and what I assume are a, a combination of practical and CGI um, effects... Uh, deserve credit because like whoever designed this and and manifested it did a great job yeah uh it's it's very spooky again they hide it a lot in shadow and and it's interesting i i know that this will come up later too but like not only does he show up in specific ways to scare them as clowns and grandmothers and stuffed dolls and whatever whatnot he also shows up like in this suit with the like he's blue but he also sometimes looks different yeah. Like there's a, sometimes there's just a slight subtle difference to him every time. And I appreciated that a lot that it wasn't always just the exact same yes. blue Mr. Bedevil or whatever. He takes on a lot of weird, slight differences and it's interesting. Well, to pivot back to this, she grows these long Bedevil hands. Bedevil hands. And then. Which, which Cody hasn't seen before. Right. So you. he's just like this white lady just grew, you know. And he turns around and starts running. Running. There's like a chase sequence. Through like. Uh, you know, more parking lots and he ends yeah. up in a parking garage and he sees a police officer and he starts shouting, officer, officer. And of course, you know, like that's when we're like, it's 2018 up. and we're like, oh no, what's going to happen to this poor boy? And we hear, we, we see the back of the cop and he kind of stops a few feet away from him. And then we hear the cop start to whistle. And he's whistling Chopin. He's whistling Chopin. And he turns around and we see the, all we see is the big bow tie and the big smile. Um, it's again, it's really well shot. It's again. very, very this movie's <laughs> playing with this iconography so well. It does very, very well. And I'll and say then, right now that that's, I think, what this movie does best is have its mm-hmm. villain. I think its villain is great and it keeps its villain hidden just enough to keep us scared of it and what it can do. 
Yeah. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. Because then, of course, the most interesting about that to me was that I was like, you know, of course, uh, you know, we watch horror movies, so we're... I'm sitting there going, oh, wow, they just gave him this really beautiful scene, you know, in depth for this character, and then they're going to kill him, and it's going to be that he's, like, you know, still the first to die, and he's the black guy that fucking sucks. And then he doesn't die. He runs away. They, they, more importantly, they let him go. And I think that is one of the freakiest things that Mr. Devil is that he doesn't just want to kill you. He wants to scare you so much in anticipation of him killing you that by the time he kills you, you've been agonizing for days. Right. And that was what we know about Nikki. The first, the first thing we ever learned about Nikki is that she hasn't left her room in two days. Yeah. And so like, that's clearly a part of this is that Mr. Bedevil is trying to scare you into like being afraid for your life at every second. This is a really good transition into me wanting to talk about Mr. Bedevil because we already are. Uh, But real quick, I want to pause and say that I'm curious how you feel about the whistling of Chopin as a returning plot thing, because I didn't recognize that tune having heard it once. And if it weren't for the closed captions, I wouldn't have known immediately that it was the same thing, obviously from context, because I can figure it out. But it does kind of rely, like that element, it's not a recognizable of tune for, to assume that everyone knows what this nocturne is? I don't think it matters what the song is. I think it matters that we hear it over and over again, and I don't well, think... Th- this, this, this time we hear it in the with the police officers the second time. Second time, and then we hear it twice more, I yeah. think. Um, so I don't think it matters what the song is, and I think the movie, I trust the movie enough that they're not going to have other characters whistling other songs. When I oh, hear, I know. When I hear the whistle, I'm like, I know, even if we weren't watching with captions... I would know that that was that it was the return of the sure. you know, cop. I think it's Mr. an interesting Devil. choice that it's it's such a specific piece of classical music that mm-hmm. it's it's referencing. You know, yeah. It's not like, for example, like if you think of like Beethoven's Fifth or like something that right. like has its that own we would sort know of that it had a, a cultural. But I think that like it, it one or Toccata and Fugue or it something adds else to like, Cody's like Cody's a smart boy. That's his thing. Yeah. Like it adds to Cody's like depth as a listener of classical music because we as we discussed cody is like a nerd and so i think it's helpful that it's something like not only well especially what he talks to the woman he's not whistling something that everybody would know right he's trying to appeal to her like maybe she'll know this other classical music song too and we can like i can make her less scared of me i do however with that short digression aside i do want to talk about mr bedevil because uh this is the point at which in the movie that i was very much engrossed in okay, what is he trying to do? And my first thought was, I mean, like, he's basically, like, the Joker from Batman. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's very much, like, trying to play with them. And yeah. he, like, he's having fun with it. Yeah, their games. Um, He very much reminds the Joker. Also, like, the way that he, like, laughs sometimes. Yeah. Uh, it's very Joker-esque. <laughs> um, but he's also, and this is, you know, the easiest comparison in the world, but Stephen King's it. He's very, very, right? very petty He's wise. clearly feeding off of, of the fear, fear and he knows um, he's he's analyzed their brains. He he he's seen it happen. Well, more specifically, actually, he doesn't analyze their brains. They all talk about their fears, and that's true. You think he's just listening to them? Absolutely, because he's always listening. Mm-hmm. To that point, I think that that's part of what is stilted about this script, right? Because like it needs to come up with a way for every character to say what they're afraid of. Mm-hmm. There's a scene particularly with um, Dan and Haley where they're in bed talking about it, and it's what like... What they're afraid of. And it's very shoehorned. Yeah, Whereas of course. Cody, it feels so natural. Of course. It's beautiful. <laughs> Why isn't this movie about Cody? <laughs> He's uh, the only one that matters. But I love the fact that it's a it's a personal assistant app like Siri. Uh, and if I say, hey Siri, right now... Oh, no, it's not going to do anything. Well, she didn't do it. 
Uh, Where are you, Siri? She's not listening right now. Um, <laughs> but the fact that it's always listening, right? So if you talk about your fears, it's going to hear that. And then Mr. Bedevil is going to use that against you. Yes. I thought that was like a nice touch. Maybe not executed perfectly, but a, a nice touch. Uh, the other thing, I'm, I'm sort of monologuing now about what I like about this monster. Um, he snarls whenever he's like the, the blue man. He like makes like monstrous noises. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that. It's not like he's like a well-spoken debonair sort of like, oh, you know, I never thought I'm going about to that, kill you now. He, yeah. he can only speak through the app. Right. That's actually really cool. I didn't think about that, but that's that's good. Yeah, when he, I like when, that a lot. When the man appears, he's like a he's monster. He's a monster. He, yeah. And I love that about that it. That is really cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. Anything else to fawn over this uh, great monster wasted in this mediocre movie? Because I think it's great. I mean, it's, again, its biggest flaw is that it's not original, right? But it's executed very well. Right, because like we're talking about, this is a combination of Pennywise and, like, the concept of AIs being evil. Right. Um, but, like, the supernatural, like we talked about at the very beginning, the supernatural aspect of it is different. Usually mm-hmm. the, when this happens, it's more technological, and this is like... And it's more allegorical, right? It's about, like, you know, don't trust technology, don't let it take over your life. This is that, but supernatural, yeah, right? Yeah, way more about fear than about uh, trusting. Because, again, there's no trust aspect. Right. They didn't, they didn't give him anything. They let the app download, and... It ruined their lives. It ruined... Like, it, they didn't... They, it's not like these movies that are allegories where it's, like, the, the movie's going to be, like, Shame on you for letting this AI into your house. This is like, you couldn't have done anything to avoid it. This isn't your fault. Right. Anyway, that lack of, like, original premise aside, I think it's it's doing something, and a, a, big, a big part of it is the character design, mm-hmm. different enough from it that I, I like it. Yeah, because there's only a couple really blatant. There's one there, when Gavin is being scared to death by, like, a bunch of clowns in Alice's house. He literally sees, like, a red balloon that bobs in front of him. It's shot for shot it. Like, yes. And that was like, that was very annoying. Maybe it was an homage. I'm sure it was. I'm, so actually, like, I'm actually almost certain it was an homage. Yes, but still like, you know, it just came out this year. Maybe they didn't know that was going to happen and they just thought it could be like a nice... Yeah, that's not their fault. Like 90s homage. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, it happens. There's a, there's a, Can we talk about like the, the... You know, we talked a little bit about it. There's some really good shots in this movie. Yes. And they happen, I think, more towards the end than the beginning. Um, I will say we we've we haven't been talking a lot about the sort of the way this has been shot. I think that you're right. There's some great stuff. This movie is very confused about its visual language mm-hmm. because sometimes it wants. I'm not exaggerating. Every shot to be a different Dutch angle. Yeah. Right. Like it's like here. This one's from below. This one's from above. This it's one's like, from the side. Yeah. I think like, that like that to me felt like that was why I was like, is this their first or second movie? Because I think that like. A lesson you do learn in, in film 101 is like that's how you make the audience feel disoriented, confused, yeah. disoriented, and like they're right. It did make me feel that way. It's just that like we they overdid it. Yeah, they overdid it, and we've also been watching movies, and we like it's a it, you get tired of it after a while because it's cheap trick. Yes. There are other ways to make the audience feel disoriented between besides just like putting the camera low and shooting them from you know below. But sometimes there's like these these really beautiful. Like, shots. Yeah. There's a really... They do a lot with smiles that I love. There's a good shot of... Um, like we said before, Haley is an actress. She's practicing for, you know, a Shakespeare play. And Dan comes to find her in the theater, and she is standing on the stage with her back to him. And the shot that we then see is 
no her like from 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 the front but nose down and then him standing like you know in the aisles behind her and she's smiling and of course then we know like it's not her right like where is she this is a manifestation and they do that a lot really well um again once um once Gavin and Haley and Dan are dead, and it's just Alice and uh, well, Cody are left. We should say that, that uh, they do start to die. They die. We, we have now... Gavin is first. So Gavin is first, and again, we're talking about great shots. Um, he is... He goes over to Alice's house. They're basically... They're trying to figure out what's going on here. Uh, I find this part of the plot really mundane, but... They're not... Because they're not doing very well. They get Nikki's phone, and they're, like, sort of piecing together, like, oh, her contacts, and then they go to someone's house. It's, it's well, really yeah, not Well, yeah, Alice and Cody are the sol- are solving this mystery, so they leave. They are gone for a little bit. Gavin comes over to Alice's house, and there he gets scared by a bunch of clown manifestations of Mr. Bedevil. Yeah. And it's one long shot that is... It's, it's pretty wild. It's like zooming fast in on some clowns and then it's following Gavin from room to room mm-hmm. as he is panicked and he's running away from all these different clowns that are showing up as they close in on him and mm-hmm. then he dies. He, yeah. he gets scared to death. He, he has a heart attack. Yeah. Um, also, we should say uh, there's no gore in this movie. There's zero. Uh, I actually don't think we see a dead body at all. We do. He uh, Gavin is uh, sitting in the chair when they come. When um, Alice, we see it from behind. Right. We don't see his face, but we. I mean, he's dead at that point. Okay, he, it's a sure. dead body. No, but no blood. Uh, there's some gross grossness. Um, specifically, I'm because we're going to talk about Dan. He's the third to die. Yeah. Well, technically fourth after um, Nikki, but and that's that's literally gross in the most like. The, the littlest bit of grossness. Yeah. The way that we, like, you know, like, there's horror movies that we've watched for this podcast that literally I have to, like, keep myself from throwing up. This was the most, like, nothing. Like, it was it was actually extremely refreshing. Anyway, they, Gavin gets fridged, and then it sort of sets off the... Chain reaction. Because up to that point, you and I were not sure if they were, if anyone was going to die. If anyone was going to die. Because, like, again, once Cody escapes... Cody had been spared, and we were like, wait a second. It's clear that he's playing with them, right? Right. So, like, also, this is the difference from, from It, right? Which is trying to lure you somewhere and then devour you and feed on your fear. Right. Uh, once it lets Cody run away in the parking garage, it's not really clear what it's trying to do. And, and, it, and we don't have a sense of this being supernatural in that it is, like, feeding on fear. Like, we get a sense with Pennywise that, like... He is literally sucking it up, and it's making right. him stronger. We don't really get that. He might just really enjoy playing with them. Which is where the Joker comparison comes from, right? right? exactly. It's it's just fun for him. So then um, Haley dies, and I truly can't remember how, because hers is pretty boring. It's just like, uh, she's scared of a teddy bear, like a really kind of malformed teddy bear in her house. It's yeah. kind of boring. Um, but all specifically, they're not like, you know, chopped up or whatever. They all, they're all scared no, to death. Yeah, literally scared to death. Just heart attacks. So then, uh, Dan's death is interesting to me. Uh, we didn't, we did not mention he is Asian. Yes. Is he Japanese? Can't tell. That was the vibe I was getting. His fear is there's a woman, there's a picture of a woman in his house, one of his ancestors who was pregnant and then was found in a well. Dead, um, yeah. Dead. And so I thought, I thought her clothing looked more Japanese. Sure, yeah, yeah. That's our only clue. Um... But there's some really, really excellent uh, shots. It scared the bejesus out of me. The, the picture is in his house, and he's looking at it. And does he look away? Like, I don't remember how, exactly how it happened. It's a reverse shot on his face. Reverse shot on his and face. And it cuts back. And it cuts back, and the woman is getting closer and closer in the picture, which is just like, it is such a good technique. That one gets me every time. It's so good, and yeah. it's so spooky. 
So this, you know, waterlogged pregnant Japanese lady comes to kill him. To scare, it, to scare it, him is yeah. what, it is what it is. I do want to say, uh, we skipped over another one of the great shots of the movie, and I, I feel like we're just sort of doing the greatest hits of this movie at this point. It's fine with um, me. <laughs> Dan tries to go to the cops. Oh after my Gavin god, dies. oh my god, oh my god, I forgot about this. And Dan is like, listen, I want to report a double homicide. Uh, we downloaded this app, me and my friends download this app, and my friends are dying. Uh-huh. Um... And the cop immediately starts talking about, like, okay, what kind of drugs are you on? And then starts, like, listing, like, drugs or whatever. It sort of, like, goes in this, like, little he monologue. He yelling, like, yeah, he getting angrier. more and more angry. It starts pretty, like, standard of, like, how you would expect a cop to react to the situation. And he's just mm-hmm. the, the guy at the counter, you know, receiving yeah, yeah, yeah. people at the At first, he's, like, he has his, his pen ready to write, and then he, like... You see him slowly start to uh, draw the logo. Of the app, The, yeah. like... Uh, the yeah the circle with the the angry chevron eyebrows and it is like really as he gets as the he gets angry and angry talking about like not believing them leading into him saying like i'm gonna kill you all yeah uh, and dan like runs out isn't he wearing a bow tie then also yeah it's so good he's not at first but then you see that he start he like at one point it cuts back from dan to the cop and he's wearing the red bow tie and uh, like that's one of those great, like you're saying, uh-huh. like great villain things where all you need to show us is a bow tie or a smile or the whistling. And then you're like, oh, there he is. Like, it's it's really, really good. Absolutely. It's like, it's so well executed. It's one of, I think, the, the best sequences in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and poor Dan. I mean, he is a shitty character and uh, is really interested in porn and sex. He's horny. And... Yeah, there's a whole, like, you know, thing that I knew was going to happen eventually where he films him and Haley having sex and then Mr. Bedevil puts it on Instagram. Like, you know, he would. But it's, that's the only thing we have, any only experience we have of Mr. Bedevil doing something to, like, quote-unquote ruin their lives. Or humiliate them. Which I thought there was a lot more opportunity to do. There's, like, like I said earlier, there's a part where Haley and um, Alice are texting about their teacher and I was so shocked that Mr. Bedevil didn't, like, accidentally read the texts out loud. Because that's, like, totally a thing that could happen conceivably in this app to, like, embarrass them. Right. There's, there was... I was honestly surprised. And that that can lead into, a, you know, something I, I still want to talk about later. But I do want to get into the rest of this plot. Because um, you talk about how every, everyone's gone now except for Cody and Alice, right? Right. Everyone's dead. Everyone's dead. Just the two of them left. And they, they have are on figured a mission. Out, they have figured out that... Um... The app is like a Ouija board bringing a demon into this world, mm-hmm. um, and now it's on all their phones. And, uh, they, and they're specifically trying to find who passed it onto Nikki's phone, because it has to start somewhere. Right. And they find that it was a tutor that she had, uh, like, that l- previous year. And because Cody is so good at technology, he can find his address. Right. So they go to his house. He's long dead. He's specifically sitting in his garage with a bloody sheet over him. Oh, dead body and blood. There you go. That's that's our that's our gore of this movie. <laughs> I get, again, there's a sheet covering his body. I know. Um, but they they go into the garage essentially and listen to tapes that these cassette tapes, yeah, cassette tapes because he gets into everything digital, Mister Bedevil. Um, that this the the tapes these this tutor has made to be like he is coming and he is feeding on my fear and blah 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 and just explaining what you know what the deal is for the two of them. Cause he also, they, they specifically say that he's kind of like a, um, he's a, he's a physicist or he's a, yeah, some, he's some sort of scientist, but that he's kind of like a hack, but clearly it's come in handy for the, like 
Ouija board, paranormal uh, the investigation. paranormal investigation part of it. But so he, this guy from, you know, posthumously explains to them what's going on. There's a great shot of the, of the, the dead body sitting in between Alice and Cody, Cody and the, his head falls forward and they both scream and run away. And it's just, it's a good, like, it's a great, like simple jump scare. Mm-hmm. And I, I specifically was just like, there's, there's really great stage pictures in this movie. And that was one of them. Well, another one of those is, um, once everyone's dead, Alice has like a, a dream or vision or whatever of them, all of her dead friends, uh, mm-hmm. now sitting around a table, like smiling at her. With bow ties. With bow ties. Well, the, it's great because the first shot, they're just sitting there and then it cuts back to... Her sleeping. Her sleeping. And then the second shot, they're they're all like closer to the camera and they're all smiling and they're all, they have all the red bow ties and it's it's that, it's like that blue space. Everything to yeah. do with Mr. Double, it is blue with the bright red and it like... It freaked me out. It's very, there's a lot of really good shots in this. And we can tell at this point that it's heading towards some sort of last stand. Um, when she wakes up, Mr. Bedevil is talking to her and sort of taunting her. And then there's a um, televangelist on the television who starts oh, talking yeah. about, uh, long story short, teaching the world to fear again. There isn't enough fear in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, I guess we have kind of a, a motive that he sort of gives away himself. Um which again, again, the thing I can appreciate is like he is so gleeful in terrifying them, right? Yes. He, he, the entity clearly gets joy from it, and that's something that like you know I didn't think about until now that we're talking about it. But it's it is that sense, right? Of like he's he's excited and he's happy because he's an ancient monster, and ancient monsters had an easier time, right? Yes. Like scaring people in the olden days when you know religion was a big part of it, and like just everybody was so scared all the time that they were going to die because there were no modern, you know, amenities. Yeah. And now people aren't scared anymore because we have all these things in our lives to protect us. And so this demon being excited that he has figured out a way to scare and like be spread around people via our phones is like a very interesting, like motive, like you said, for this demon. Again, the script doesn't progress particularly naturally but Cody comes up with a solution, which is that he has developed a, an app or a, a program, program called the Unbedeviler 1.0. I sort of tuned out at this because because I don't understand yeah, it. it. But it's, it's essentially that, like you can't put it on their you, they can't put it on their phones because Mister Bedevil will just delete it from their phones. So instead, they have to go to like a, another place and he has to run it on his computer. In the moment, like when yeah. Mr. Bedeviler comes out of the phone to kill them, that's when he can run it from his computer. And because that's then how he's not managing the app. The exactly. demon is like is out in our world. Yes. So that's when he can like delete it via his program. So, so they go to a, a warehouse, like a dark warehouse. Classic. And uh, it reminded me of the Unborn actually when they did that. Like, uh, and Alice quips, "This is like the setup to a bad horror movie where nobody survives." And uh, Cody, Cody says, says, hey, it's not all that bad. At least the black guy's still alive. Black guy's still alive. And we were like, oh, Cody. I love I love that. It, like, the, this movie is pretty self-aware. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not amazing, but it's self-aware. Uh, long story short, Alice gets saved, but it comes for Cody. And Cody, being the paranoid Luddite that he is, <laughs> has special firmware on his phone that doesn't let bad stuff in right uh, so that it also like is keeping it on his phone so it, it prevents it's more that it prevents the unbedeviler from, from being installed in yeah. time for him to not die for him to not die <sighs> i've i've actually not been this upset about a, a horror movie death in a really long time it's very frustrating because he he survived so long and he is he's 
the hero. He really is. I Yeah, he is the heart. Alice is pretty boring. And Cody, like, we never... I don't know what it is. Maybe because it's like there's a political aspect to it. But, like, all of their fears are so boring to me. But Cody saying, like, I'm scared of cops and white ladies, you know, with Mace is, like... He's he's immediately the hero. Like, yeah. like the fact that he does not survive feels way bummer. more upsetting than it's any of the other ones. I was really upset about it. I was pretty mad at Alice, too. It's kind of her fault. <laughs> it's like, you know, she she takes too long running from... Because she goes to the second station. They set up two different stations, and it's a whole, they have a whole dumb plan. thing. It's upsetting. I'm mad about it. Anyway, we have a coda, which is Alice FaceTiming her mom from college... Mm-hmm. Um, she's now moved away to going to college, uh, and they're chatting for a bit, and then her mom reveals, like, oh, check out, like, I downloaded this cool app, uh, I could turn off the washing machine. Or run uh, the washing Or machine. run the washing machine, to, like, with voice commands. And then she's like, oh, uh, does she say his name? She's, no, 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 she, no, she, she says, says lights name. off. She says lights off and lights go out, and that's it. Uh. But, like, all Alice is, yeah. Alice is screaming, mom, mom, no, no, no. And she's terrified, yeah. It's all starting over again. And that's bedeviled. That's it. I feel like we've actually talked about most of what I want to talk about, but I do have one final point to make. Yeah, I don't think I have much else to say. My final thing that I'll say is that I've alluded to this actually several times, but I think what this movie is lacking for me is the technology aspect. I'll bring it up again because it makes it, it makes sense to me, but the den is the most similar to this because it's about like technology right. and horror. It does. It, and it was, not, and it was pretty good. And it was, and it was good. It did that well. And it's not supernatural, but the, it, this movie being supernatural doesn't make it, it's still a little lazy, lazy how it it's goes not about an things. Excuse. It's not an excuse. Exactly. And I felt like what this movie really needed is that like this movie's made in 20, in 2016. And by that point, your phone is your hub. Like, yeah. that's how our lives are. And the fact that this movie did not take the care to be like, your phone has, is connected to your computer. Your phone is connected to your email. It's connected to your text messages. It's connected to literally like everything on your phone, your banking, like anything like that. Not that, that that's super relevant for teens, but there's relevant things for teens. And all this movie really does is go, oh, it connects to Instagram. And that's the only thing, and I I just feel like that was short-sighted, because why didn't they, like, you know... Play more in the digital space? Play more in the digital space. Like, the, there is no reason why her computer would not connect to her phone. And therefore, if she tried to go into her computer for any reason, there's a, there's a point where they're all, um, met, like, vo- um, like Skyping or FaceTiming yeah. or doing something, and we, we're not actually sure how they're doing it, whether they're doing it on a phone or a computer, and it's like, where's Mr. Bedeviled? Like... He should be around for that. They like the well, thing. He's about, always running in the background, right? But the thing about the den is that they could. She couldn't get away with anything because everything that she did was like through the den. Through the den, it was all you know, video, like skyping, email. It was all through the den. Everything was there, and so this movie really needed a no, lot more. No, she used Gmail. She used Gmail. What? This is beside the point. She used Gmail, but, but wasn't it still part of the den? No, was it really not? Yeah. Anyway, not not the point. Yeah. Uh, this movie just needed a lot more connection of technology. It felt lazy that it was just like, oh, this is Mr. Bedevil. He's on your phone. Um, like I said, I think there should have been more like, I guess, life ruining. If they're no. gonna if they're gonna get into that aspect at all, then really go for it because it was weird that he posted their sex tape and then did nothing else to them. I totally hear you. I think that like what what this movie is trying to do with its 
villain and its motives um, is not tied to technology, really. It's very it's very surface level, as you're pointing out. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to take place on an app, right? It could be any other thing that teens come across and then... Mm-hmm. It's any other like horror a viral movie, right? Video, right? Like that's a, it doesn't that's even be technology, right? It doesn't even be technology. It could just be like any horror movie group of teens come across some ancient evil, and then it starts making their lives a living hell. Yeah, it's the Ouija, very the classic Ouija board movie. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't disagree. I like that what it does is a lot of like playing off their fears and stuff, and it just happens to again the the phone is just the vessel through which it has learned to reach this dimension. But that's what, I guess that's what I'm saying is that like it You didn't... want you wanted to use the phone more. Well, yeah. it used the phone just enough for me to be like why did you stop there? You know, if Mr. Bedevil is going to go to Instagram, yeah. Why isn't he also on Twitter? Why isn't he I, also well, What? I guess, but like I think that's just filler, right? I guess I'm just I just there's so I think there's so many opportunities there, I guess, is what I'm saying. I would rather uh, the Instagram sex tape thing not happen. Sure. I guess I'm just saying, like, if you're gonna go that route where he has control, then give him really full control. Sure. I that's guess like, scarier to I me. guess, like, hacking their emails and their Twitters and, like, all that stuff is, like, I think that's a less interesting movie, personally. If that's, like... Because it, it has to commit to that, right? It can't do... It, there's not room but in this movie for no, both. No. Okay. I agree with you. I don't need it to ruin their lives because that's not what this is about. This is not, like... In the den, they were trying to delegitimize her, right? Yes. In this movie, he's just trying to scare them. There are ways to scare people via Instagram and Twitter. Sure. And their emails, you know? There are ways to add to their worst fears with Snapchat, you know? Like, there are just so many things that could be done in this movie to scare them besides just, like... You know what what I'm saying? You just want that branded content. You want engagement. No. They can call (laughs) it... They can fucking call it, like... Like the den did, where it's all just sure, den think, tube and den, den snat or whatever. I hear you. I think that like that's I I this movie doesn't even entirely pull off everything it's trying to do. I can't even imagine it, it doing more. Again, that's just my point is that like if you're gonna go for it, then go for it. Yeah, yeah. This is a movie. This is a movie about technology. It's a movie about an app and like the thing that is alarming about AIs is not just that they can talk to you, right? Well, it could also augment... This one could augment reality. I think that's a lot scarier than getting in your email. But like you said, the thing that, about it listening all the time. So yeah. have more of that, you know? There's just there's just opportunities for more. Sure. And this did not take advantage of them, and it bothered me. Sure. Not even just in a... Not even just in a, in a potential way, but in a, in a, like... It is not realistic to me that this app doesn't have control of everything in their phone, because that's how phones work. I think it does. You know? I, th- I think Cody it's just not Cody should relevant. not have been able to use his computer. That's a, That's a plot hole. No, because your phone and your computer aren't the same thing. They're linked, but they're not the same thing. They're not the same thing, but, like, why was that not a struggle for him? Mr. Bedevil is technically probably on his computer also. Not necessarily. But... mm, Not all my applications are on my computer. Plenty of mine don't interface with my computer. Me neither, but, like, my texts are, and, like... Sure, but he's not a text... You know, he's not a messaging app. I guess. I don't know. It just felt... It felt incomplete to me. I don't agree, but that's okay. Anything else about this movie? No, I don't think so. It's okay. I think it's an okay movie. I yeah. think it's uh, monsters really good, and the acting is really wooden, and the script is pretty bad. I think that uh, it's it's got a lot of jump scares. If that's your thing, jump scares and Dutch angles, the movie. <laughs> Lots of color uh, symbology. Yeah. Are you ready to uh, delete this from our phones? <laughs> yeah, I want to know you're going to do this, but there's no gore. <laughs> yeah.
Nothing horrible we could do to it. Except delete the app. We're going to go back to the roulette for our next episode. Yeah, because I, I updated it today and it made me actually kind of excited to roll it because maybe we'll get a good one. Maybe. Maybe, hopefully. So why do you pull out that roulette and uh, go ahead and spin it. Our next movie will be... Ooh! Oh my god, I'm so... Wait, The Similars. I just, I saw this earlier when I was making the list and it looks really cool. The, like, the poster looks really cool. I'm really, I'm really intrigued. I'm like, oh, I'm really hopeful about this one. I know nothing about it. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay. stop looking stuff up. Sorry, no, I was reading the the synopsis on Netflix. It looks really cool. I'm really excited. Okay, The Similars. Oh. You're really excited. I'm, I'm so tender. This is what I wanted to happen when I made the list this morning, though, is that there's, like, ones that, like, you know, I I scroll through Netflix and I'm typing them up Mm -hmm. into a little list, and I'm like, oh, that poster looks really cool. And that has led me... Stray, Stray before. Yeah. Uh, what was the one? Rites of Spring. Rites of Spring. <laughs> but I'm hopeful about this one. The plot sounds really cool. I'm tentatively hopeful. Our next movie will be The Similars. Similars. In a couple weeks. Until then, you can check us out on our website at nowscreaming.com. And on Facebook and Twitter at Now Screaming. It's 2018. Maybe your friends will listen to more podcasts. Tell yeah. them the stars. If it's your uh, New Year's resolution to listen to more podcasts, then listen to this one. And we'll promise we'll try our best to always come out on schedule. Yeah, we've been really bad about it lately. We're zero for two in 2018 so far, <laughs> but... Uh, Shit, we are. Uh, oh, well, this this one will because I will want to watch this movie. That's the perfect. problem is that if we don't want to watch it, we don't watch it. And I want to watch this Also, one. we've got busy lives. We've got stuff to do. Yeah, we got friends. Anyway, we'll be back to being a regular. And, uh... Tell your friends. Leave us a review on iTunes yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. so inclined. We'd love a review. We'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, always let us know on Twitter. Send us a little tweet. Love tweets. We love getting them. It's the highlight of our day. Thank you, as always, to Wes Craven for creating interesting and uh, well, really just the main one. Uh, I was going to say, like, <laughs> great supernatural monsters that uh, play off people's fears. Um Specifically, Freddy Krueger, right? Who uh, <laughs> is the person I'm talking about? Right. Uh, so thanks, Wes Craven, for Freddy Krueger because um, no Freddy Krueger, there wouldn't be the cool parts of Bedeviled. I bet. True. That's it. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Thanks, Wes. All right. As always. Until next week, everybody. Don't download any weird apps in the meantime. Yeah. Don't do it. Bye bye. See you later. Stay spooky. Bye.